And Picton with Borsa staying in to protect. Dumps it off to Borsa. Screen play to the 45-50 midfield. 50 of Calgary, 45 of Calgary to the 44. Kyle Borsa with a nifty play. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And I really appreciate you checking out this podcast, which is into its fourth year. I love the game of football, especially at the grassroots level here in the province. If you like what you hear, please give us a Google review and share the podcast. My mission is to get our kids more exposure. We should be looking into highlighting and promoting Canadian talent in the game of football, not reducing it. To that end, I'm working on a Top 50 Can West YouTube slash TV show. Look for that later this spring or early summer. Now this podcast is coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Studio. Respect the effort. Join today at reginasport.ca. All our guests come to you on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certainteed five-star roofing contractor that's backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call at 306-262-ROOF. Thanks to my other sponsors, Mark Greshner Photography. Check out his awesome work at markgreshner.com face first medical aesthetics above gabbles on duty avenue in downtown regina turn back father time in a naturally looking way with crescendo over there at face first paul waldo at royal page in regina and surrounding area get in the real estate game with the three-time great cup champ give him a call 306-502-5355 doubles at ag sales in weyburn for grain hauling grain marketing and crop insurance in the weyburn area give Corey a call 306-842-2406 getting on board with this podcast giving back to the community as he has done throughout his time in professional football this guy's never forgot where he came from it's rider punter john ryan and the gear up with john ryan foundation agt foods agt foods and ingredients one of the largest suppliers of value added pulses staple foods and food ingredients in the world truly a great Saskatchewan success story. And from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio, it's time to head out on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and talk with the president of Football Canada. That's my friend, Jim Mullen. Are, are you a, a BC native? Like, were you born in BC? I never asked you that question. I am one of the very few. Oh. <laughs> uh, born in North Vancouver, raised in White Rock, BC. Uh, went back to uh, North Van for a little while, now sitting on Bowen Island, which isn't that far from the North Shore. So uh, they were at, uh, if you run the numbers, there's only about 17 to 18% of us that kind of fall into that category in, in the Vancouver area. So, so I consider myself unique. So are you weather-dependent, buddy? Like you just told me before we rolled tape here that it was nice, but now the clouds are rolling in in the rain. I love BC. I think it's great. I just, I'm weather-dependent. I need the sun. I don't know if I could handle that much clouds and rain. Well, you know, in my family line, uh, on one side, there's uh, a lot of Ukrainian uh, uh, names. There's Statchuks and there's Lutskis and the, the, the whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they go back to, uh, to to Saskatchewan and farming. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when I go to Saskatchewan in, in the wintertime, the sun's out, and I'm in the middle of, a, of, a, of 14 days of uh, turning the lights out here, I appreciate the sun. Uh, even if you're born and raised here, if you're not really <laughs> genetically wired for for these these long stretches that you get with the with the uh, dark, cold, wet weather here, 
it can add up on you after a while. Yeah. So you've been hunkered down, though, probably in an office, maybe on a deck, uh, working on a laptop uh, from home, uh, but uh, doing a good job with Football Canada. I know you brought junior football under the umbrella. Tell us about that before we get to the elephant in the room, the CFL-XFL thing. But talk about that because that's a nice, important step. I think it's a very important step, um, especially with uh, the role university football plays and and how university football has had its challenges. I, I think junior football is the level that uh, uh, is is there to catch uh, the university side uh, when it faces those challenges and stumbles a fair bit. Um, junior football, as an associate member, is, is now involved in all of our discussions in terms of uh, uh, in terms of rules, in terms of marketing plan, and in, in terms of getting the word out about junior football, and they've always played a role in terms of uh, supplying our, our high-performance teams that play internationally. One of the great things about the uh, associate member uh, level that we have at Football Canada now is that we have the CFL there and youth sports and junior and the national officials and hopefully soon a, a national uh, uh, coaches association. And they get to talk. Um, uh, all together on on issues. We did it uh, uh, in the middle of uh, February. And so there has been some discussion about how do we move the Canadian Bowl in line with the Grey Cup? You know, is it something they can do this year? I don't know. Is it something that they can do when uh, when the Grey Cup is played in Regina? I think playing the Canadian Bowl in Regina on Grey Cup weekend would be a fantastic thing. So at least that discussion is taking place right now. And that's one of the benefits of, of getting everybody around the table talking. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and I had talked about that when before we got hit with the pandemic. Hey, could we bring that uh, Vanier Cup back in line? And you and I have talked about that before. You were on the planning committee in 2011, probably the greatest Vanier Cup ever, and it was a really good game in terms of attendance. And the next year in Toronto, it was good, and then it went away. Um but the, the thing I always get is, well, can we have two championships like a Grey Cup and a Canadian Bowl, as you just referenced, or a Vanier Cup in the same location if it's in a Regina for hotel rooms, dressing rooms, the setup, if the same broadcaster isn't covering both games? Well, I think in terms of the broadcasters, um, you know, that's, that's not that much of an issue in terms of getting that footprint set. Uh, in the in the facility uh, ahead of time, uh, that's certainly something that we did with uh, Vanier Cup in 2011, for example. Uh, what you saw coming out of your TV for Vanier uh, was the same that came out of your TV for Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the same truck, same cameras, uh, same team, uh, same broadcast team. Uh, the the hotels are another thing that they they are a concern. Uh, the uh, field access can be a concern. In discussions with with the CFL about you know playing a game on Friday and playing a game on Saturday, they think they can get it done. One of the uh, items that was a big concern, uh, especially for U Sports, was hey, we've got our sponsors. Hey, CFL, you've got your sponsors. Um, you know we can't have painted sponsors on the field. U uh, Sport back in 2011 lost their sponsor Desjardins because Scotiabank was a sponsor of the CFL. And when they went to play the Vanier Cup, the Scotiabank logo was on there. That, right. that cost them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can do it digitally. Um, if some people might notice that when games are played out of Toronto because of the grass field, the Toronto Argos logo at center field is actually on there as, as a digital overlay. 
It's not painted on the field. So um, depending on the game, they can they, they can switch logos around. Oh, neat. That's a great way. And then, of course, uh, you know, you see that in NHL games too. They put the logo on the glass and behind the net. Obviously, it's not there if you're there in person. So that makes sense. We're trying to find right. we're trying to find new ways to uh, keep this game alive and grow. We're talking to the president of Football Canada, uh, Jim Mullen. Jim, what's the biggest thing facing amateur football at all levels right now as you see it? Or is there is there one you can identify? Is it just surviving maybe to get through to the other side? It's the pandemic. It's the disruption. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's it's how it's taxed our our, our families, our volunteers, um, our our staff, people with the provinces across the country of always having to adjust. Um, you know, we had a uh, world championship plan for the World Juniors uh, this summer in Vancouver and uh, Canada Cup, a national championship. Um, we've had to cancel both of those uh, due to the uncertainty around this disruption. Um, so on the high performance side, we, you know, we've taken a few hits. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. The one thing, though, is that I've, I talked to every province um, on some calls uh, last week to see where they were at in terms of their registration numbers mm-hmm. and in terms of how their, their spring football is, is moving forward, how their planning is moving forward, how their community is responding to them and where they've been able to take registration. Uh, most places are anywhere between 90 to hundred percent of 2019 numbers. I was surprised at that. Uh, I really was. I thought we'd have um, a significant drop off. Now, have we got a, a few tackle numbers shifting in the flag because of pandemic controls? Yeah, we do. Uh, do we have a province like uh, Manitoba that, that is, that is really shut down to, what they can do in terms of cohort size, yeah, yeah, they're 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 in, they're in that situation, but for the most part across the country, we're bouncing back quite well in terms of participant numbers. I do have some uh, concerns about uh, the fall and uh, high school football and how it returns. I know there's some uh, issues in Saskatchewan. I know there's some issues in BC. Um, I know that uh, community in some cases can uh, uh, support football at that at that age level, but I think the the health and, and the attitude towards high school football is is something of a concern uh, for me, depending on what province we're talking about. Jim, as a guy that's been a longtime media guy, covered youth sports, uh, has covered uh, Canadians playing down south. Uh, you have passion for football. And I don't think it's changed the passion for the three-down game. i got to ask your opinion. What do you make of this whole XFL-CFL talk? Much ado about nothing. Should we be concerned? Is there reason to be concerned? Well, uh, i, I got to give credit to the CFL for looking forward and trying to find different ways to, A, attract capital to their game because they do need to attract capital. There's there's one team with a for sale sign on it in Vancouver right now and attract some innovation and reach uh, in and around their operation. Certainly when, when the Canadian government uh, made the decision uh, not to subsidize the Canadian Football League, um, the Board of Governors had a decision to make. Were they going to be uh, uh, philanthropic ventures and, and, and community nonprofits, or were they going to try to 
just move it straight into the sports business space. Uh, I think you have a signal that they're moving straight into the sport business space. They 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 they, they need to do that uh, for their uh, not just their survival, but but something that uh, is sustainable uh, as a model uh, for the game and something that that they can grow. So I, I respect that. The question is 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 at what cost? Um, uh, the one thing I liked about CFL 2.0 is that there was a belief that doing things the Canadian way and being aggressive with the product that they have and pushing it out towards countries other than the United States uh, would would gain benefits for the Canadian game, uh, that there were great things about the Canadian game that could be uh, sold in, in all of these foreign markets. Um, I hope that that thought isn't abandoned uh, because of, the, uh, because of uh, what's gone on uh, recently with the XFL. I, I have reason to believe that, you know, there was a, an announcement that came out that said we're talking about talking. I think they've been talking for a while now. Right. I think this has been this has been going on for a while. How does this look at the end of the day? Well, on the professional side, uh, I hope they play, uh, you know, on a 110-yard field with 12 men and a ratio up here, quite frankly. Uh, I, I like our product. Uh, I, I think in terms of, you know, sharpening the, the business acumen in, in some areas of, of this country is, is what's needed. Um, do they want to play U.S. competition? Uh, do they want to have some crossover games? Do they want to have a champion versus champion or an all-star game? Go mm-hmm. for it, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to go down the States and play four-down football? Hey, go for it. Uh, Canadians do very well. When, when going down and playing four-down football. We understand that a lot better than they understand our game. Mm-hmm. My concern from an from a amateur perspective is if there's some sort of hybrid game out there or if they shift to, to four-downs, uh, four-downs being the, the American game, We've got all kinds of problems then at the at the, uni- yeah, at so, the uh, university and college and, yeah. and junior and amateur level. So would it kill the game? Would it have? Would it have? Would it have uh, irreparable uh, harm? Would it pose irreparable damage to this game at the amateur level? Well, I think uh, our, our main concern is getting kids on the field. Our main concern is getting uh, young men into high performance programs, getting. Uh, uh, getting them educations, and, and and if they get to the next level, having a destination at the next level. I think if you uh, remove the ratio, they don't have that destination at the next level, and a number of the programs in this country will reevaluate at the university level. I think there's no question about that, especially with the uh, uh, financial pressure a number of them are under as a result of this uh, uh, disruption uh, on the amateur side as a whole. I, I think we wake up if there's some radical change to the game where we're going to have three camps. One of them is going to want to continue to play Canadian football. The other one is going to say, "Hey, no, we should play the hybrid game." If there's a hybrid uh, set up between the XFL and the CFL, mm-hmm. and then there's another group that'll say, "Hey, let's do what they do with high school football in BC. Let's just play American football." And that would be a long, protracted argument. And it would take up oxygen in the room. It would take up the time of people who are trying to lead this game. And it's, a, and it's an argument and a battle I don't want to go down. <laughs> I, I don't want to go down. I don't want to change 150 fields in this country by painting new lines on it. Yeah. And having reminders on every field of what was. 
yeah. rather than what is. Yeah. I don't want to go down that road. I, I agree. And so my last question to you, and maybe we can get into this in, in a full podcast episode, but what is, I've never figured that out about BC. Like, what 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 are we here? Are we, like, are we four down or are we three down? Like, why is four down so prevalent in BC where you don't see that anywhere else really in the country unless I'm wrong? Oh, there's a history here. Do you want me to give you a quick version yes. of the history yes, I do. to it? Yes, okay. I do. So, so uh, BC was the last area to play Canadian football. Uh, uh, the first organized game in an organized league was in 1922 on Christmas Day. They played Canadian rules all the way through till the late 30s. And UBC, because of economics, had to make a decision. Uh, either keep uh, keep playing and play American competition because it was accessible or not play at all because travel was too expensive to go over the Rocky Mountains and, and play uh, prairie competition. Mm-hmm. So they played American competition. Their players um, became coaches in the high school system in, in B.C. because it wasn't a fall league that was here. It was a winter-spring league. So UBC made the decision, hey, let's switch everyone to American rules back in the 1930s because that's what our players are playing. So it it, it went that way until the uh, 60s, and there was a surge of, uh, you know, Canadiana in the 60s with the with the Centennial. We we shifted over to uh, Canadian ball in the 60s for a while, but then went back to American, and it certainly helped that Simon Fraser was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, four down football when they started their program. If you talk to coaches here, they will say, "Hey, you draw a line from Vancouver and and, and go five hours south. We've got all kinds of competition uh, that that we can play and that we can engage in. We can't say the same thing if we if we if we try to go uh, uh, east in that in that same line. You can't blame them uh, for doing that." That being said, we've got a, a whole junior conference to ourselves with six teams that play three-down football. Every community program plays three-down football. So um, I, I'd say it's evenly split uh, between when you look at uh, uh, registrants and competition numbers. But you know, it, it's just the way it is out here. Is, it's, a, it's a different thing. Is that is that a big part of the problem in trying to get the CFL back on track is the fact that when these young kids in the Vancouver area, they're playing, like you said, the line in the sand. That way they're playing four down football. That's what they're ingrained with. And that's kind of what they, you know, that's what they gravitate to. It might contribute somewhat. Um, but, you know, when the BC Lions were actually more uh, more popular than the Vancouver Canucks in the, in the 80s mm-hmm. and for a spell in the 90s, um, you know, we were playing four-down football here, and that didn't make any difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they were putting 50,000 people in BC place, four-down football at high school level didn't make any difference. We've been – we've been I, our... I, 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 I think the big shift here is mm-hmm. when the Seattle Seahawks came into this market and aggressively marketed their product. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by, by anybody's count, they have anywhere between five to 8,000 season ticket holders – from southwestern BC that, that that hold tickets to go to the, those games. If it's eight thousand, it's probably twice as much as uh, in terms of season ticket holders than the BC Lions have at this stage. Wow! So you know the Lions have made some mistakes in this market, quite frankly, and and the Seahawks have uh, capitalized on being the it team, but also making very strong pushes. In, into BC to get their presence up. It's been methodical over the last 12 to 14 years, 
and 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 they've become the de facto home team around here. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more question before I let you go for this round of the uh, podcast. I think you'd make a great commissioner, I, I, and I think this Football Canada thing's, uh, in my opinion, from a distance, just wetting the appetite here. I really think a guy should look at Jim Mullen. But, Jim, if you were commissioner of the CFL, give me what's, what's the one thing right now on the top of your agenda, XFL aside, what's the one thing on the top of your agenda to, to make things better? Well, first of all, I got to say, I do not envy Randy Ambrose's position right now. And I would think that, uh, that, uh, working, uh, with that board of governors is, is yeah. <laughs> probably the seventh ring of hell. At time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I, I'd say, I'd say, you know, that there, there were merits to the, to, to the 2.0 thing, quite frankly. I'm, I'm not sure if the roster spots were part of those merits, but, Certainly, pushing out to those markets was uh, was one of them. Um, I don't know what the conversation was between um, uh, the CFL and the NFL uh, the last time it happened, but you know, I, I believe that that the CFL is talking to the wrong FL right now. <laughs> Uh, the you know the the dialogue with the NFL I think is is quite important just on the marketing side. I mean, there's a whole NFL Canada division that works up here that could uh, uh, certainly enhance the the delivery of presence in this marketplace, and uh, certainly could deliver something in terms of a partnership with the CFL in terms of really supporting minor football and doing something like getting girls flag football into high schools and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that 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 the leadership of the CFL needs to look at their sport holistically, and and what I mean by that is it, it, it's it's not just a league; it's an entire sport. You want you want health with the numbers that we have uh, in this country. You need to be part and involved in the entire system of the game. And, and be in a position where, where you can make investments in the entire game and, and, and be that present. And, and so if it was mission one in, in my shoes, and maybe I'm seeing it through, you know, football Canada goggles right now, it's, you know, how do I become that leader for the game rather than just being a leader for, for, for nine operations in this country? I'm 100% behind you. That's the exact mentality I have, too. Thanks for this, Jim. Enjoy the clouds, I guess. And if you're missing the, the brightness, hit a tanning booth. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> see, see you, Jim. Take care. Thanks, man. And let's head right back out on the Hammer Time uh, Roofing Hotline and say hi to receiver Dallin Keene of the University of Regina Rams, formerly of the Miller Marauders. How are you today, Dallin? I'm good, thanks. Uh, how you doing? Good, man. So you were supposed to, you're one of the guys spearheading this blood drive for the Regina Rams football team. It was supposed to happen here on March 20th, but of course, a couple of COVID cases over there, Canadian Blood Services on Broad and Broadway, kind of have postponed things, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. So, so what are you guys doing with that now? Um, pushing it back, I believe, two weeks now to um, April 9th and 10th. Okay, so uh, I, I know why we're doing it, but uh, why did the Rams and, and yourself, why did you decide to get involved? Um, well, it was, it was just kind of something that I learned really quickly as a nursing student, just the kind of a need for um, blood and, and blood products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just kind of thought to myself that's, 
a very easy donation that 100 or 60, however many guys we have staying in town should be capable of doing. Awesome. So did you get, uh, did you have a lot of good response uh, as you were planning to do it March 20th? Uh, yeah, we had um, 30, 30 spots available for for guys on the team and some of the coaches and other staff, and we filled all 30 of those and still trying to get a couple more maybe. Had you uh, donated blood before you decided to spearhead this effort? Yes, um, I've been donating since since high school. The, the Canadian Blood Services would come and pick you up. You got to miss class, and they'd come back and drop you <laughs> off. Get a little snack, little refreshments. That's right. Tell you what, man, people don't realize how uh, important it is and how it can save lives. Absolutely. Yeah. One triple eight two donate. You can check out their website, blood.ca. They've also got a, a, a cool app too. So you're a nursing student. When yes, did sir. you when did you decide you wanted to be a nurse? Um, I'm actually so I'm I'm actually on my third year on the team here, and I did two years in um, kinesiology prior. Yeah. And, and, um, and then I'm I'm in my first year of nursing right now. So actually. so what made you want to get into nursing? Um, I was just kind of looking at what what I wanted to do with kinesiology and why I was doing it and kind of a lot of the ideologies and the reasoning behind it, just wanting to to work in healthcare and help people just align perfectly with with the nursing practice. So you're a big tall guy, big tall <laughs> dude. Uh you're gonna maybe be relied upon to be a, a target when you guys get back onto the field. Are you up for the challenge? How's the off season gone? <laughs> yes, sir, absolutely. Um off season's been been really good to me, but definitely different for sure, as I'm sure it has for everybody. Yeah, how did you um, how did you yeah. attack how did you attack it? Um, honestly, just one day at a time because we never knew what we were going to be able to do or where we we're going to be able to do it. So, getting getting in whatever it is while you can. So you don't know how how long the gym's going to be open for. You don't know whether we're going to be having practice next month or not. So. What have you found out about yourself during this pandemic in terms of being an athlete, your self-discipline, that type of stuff? Um, one thing I've found out about myself, definitely my, my reliance on my teammates, how much, how much the whole team experience really means to you. Yeah, I bet you're uh, probably not going to bitch again at going to a practice, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's yeah. right. What, what thing did you hate about football that you won't bitch about? Honestly, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, like, would you, like, I know a lot of guys hated two-a-days. I bet you'd love to have a two-a-days, full contact, oh, everything. I, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Full pads. Yeah. Full so, pads, two-a-days, it would sound good right now. So are you hopeful, uh, you know, talking to the guys, things you hear, are you hopeful that you'll have some sort of season maybe, even if it's shortened? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Coach McConkey talks about it just about every every team meeting. He at least touches on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of gives us a rundown of where things are at, whether it might be some sort of altered like four or six game schedule, and then um, even the idea to to break up uh, Canada West into two conferences of East and West. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, how tall are you, Dallin? Uh, about six five right now. Yeah, six five. And how much you weigh? Uh, 210, 215. So did you make a concerted effort to be in the weight room and kind of work on that build? What have you done in the offseason here, this elongated offseason, to make yourself better to, you know, to be one of those reliable targets when we get back to plan? Uh, not not so much necessarily focused on, on my size. I felt like I'm big enough, but 
just trying to get bigger and faster where my, my main focus is. What do, you think, for sure. what do you think your best attribute is as, as a receiver besides your size? Because that's something you can't coach. Definitely the uh, mental aspect of the game. You know, just watching film, being able to, to see zones and do what you're supposed to do. So how tough, put it into your words, you're a nursing student, was, you were in kinesiology. Just through Dallin Keene's eyes, how tough is it to be a student athlete? <laughs> no, that's um, definitely something that, that I did realize for sure this offseason, not having to be on campus and have practice was, um, I don't want to say just how easy everyone else has it, but how much more relaxed it is mm-hmm. not having football. Yeah, yeah. Just you, being able to be a normal student. Were you good with time management before? And if not, you probably are now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, used to not be, but you know, you learn you learn pretty quick your your first year there. And lastly, what's a realistic goal for Dallin Keen this year, and what's a realistic goal for the Rams as a team? Do you think? I'm just hoping to uh, break the starting five and travel travel all the games there. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the team, we uh, we just want to win a win a Hardy Cup right now. It's funny, yeah. Uh, that's what everybody, uh, anybody I asked that to, I've asked that recently to Stusik. I've asked it to Borsa, to Donnelly, and that's exactly what they say. That's something I guess awesome. your coach, your coach probably regularly preaches, right? The Hardy Cup, the Hardy Cup. You got to get Absolutely. in. You got to you got to win your conference before you can go further, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. And how do you feel about this football team in terms of how it uh, matches up with the defending champion Calgary Dinos and Saskatoon? U of S Huskies going to have a tough team too. I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited. We have a really young team, a lot of really young receivers, and a young quarterback. So personally, that's something that gets me really excited for the future. Doesn't hurt that you get Kyle Borsa back either. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> how much does a guy like that? Uh, drive a young guy like you to want to be in the gym or work out and put in that extra effort. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, working out beside guys like him and um, Andrew Becker definitely definitely pushes you in the weight room. Dallin, thanks for this. Uh, good job on the uh, community effort in terms of uh, raising awareness and blood for the Canadian Blood Services. Good luck in school, and I hope to Thank see you. your I hope to see your big six foot five frame on the field this fall. That's right. Thanks. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.